Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. This will be extra interesting as we're gleaning our information from a site called The Marginalian, and we're going to get into what is described as being the seven psychological functions of art. Now, we talked about art therapy before. But, but what this article does is it shows seven things that consciously or unconsciously happen when art affects us. So let's waste no time. Let's get right into it. Let's go to number one. And number one, remembering. Art helps us to remember things in our lives. This is what it says. It says, given the profound flaws of our memory, and the unreliability of its self-revision, it's unsurprising that the fear of forgetting, forgetting specific details about people and places, but also forgetting all the minute mundane building blocks that fuse together into the general wholeness of who we are, would be an enormous source of distress for us. Both memory and art are as much about what's being left out as about what's being spotlighted. And isn't it true? You know, music is art. How many times has a song taken you back specifically to a time? I, I can give you a personal example. When I was a kid, you remember the slip and slide, the big yellow thing that you could put on your lawn and you, it has a little water coming out of the side of it and you can slide on your stomach all the way across the lawn. Well, I had one of those when I was little, but when I got a little bit older and I was a teenager, what I used to do is I used to set that thing up and lay out on it to get tan. It was great because the little sprinkles of water would happen. And I remember just the smell of the fresh cut grass, the feel of the sunshine and the water. And I remember specifically, for whatever reason, I had a little radio that was playing the songs of the day on it. And I remember the song always something there to remind me by naked eyes their version of it i know there was an earlier one but it's interesting now when i hear that song on the radio i still 100 percent think about the weather being beautiful i think about my backyard in southern california i think of palm trees i think of all kinds of really good stuff and it's based on remembering a piece of art in this case music now the second thing that art can do or one of the psychological functions of art is hope listen to what it says here it says our conflicted relationship with beauty presents a peculiar paradox the most universally admired art is of the pretty kind depictions of cheerful and pleasant scenes faces objects and situations yet at the same time Serious, quote, art critics and connoisseurs usually see it as a failure of taste and of intelligence. There's some truth in that. Isn't it true that sometimes the more morbid something is, the more critically acclaimed it is? 
But for whatever reason, we could read into the paradox of beauty versus non-beauty by looking at a painting. And in one way or another, it can give us hope. Maybe that things could get better or it gives us hope because we see something that is better. Here's the third one. Sorrow. Sorrow is one of the psychological functions of art. But how so? It doesn't mean it in a morbid way. Since we're creatures of infinite inner contradiction, this is what the article says. It says art can help us be more whole, not only by expanding our capacity for positive emotions, but also by helping us to fully inhabit and metabolize the negative emotions. And by doing so with dignity and reminding us of the legitimate place of sorrow in a good life, we view it more realistically. Sometimes sadness lets it out of us. A good cry, so to speak. Maybe it's not that fun to go through, but when an individual's done, sometimes there's thousands of pounds of weight taken off their shoulder. And art can do that. Here's the fourth one out of seven. Art can help us with rebalancing. Listen to this. It says, few of us are entirely well-balanced. Our psychological histories, relationships, and working routines mean that our emotions can incline grievously, <coughs> excuse me, in one direction or way across to another direction. It says, we may, for example, have a tendency to be too complacent or too insecure or too trusting or too suspicious or too serious or too lighthearted. Art can put us in touch with concentrated doses of our missing dispositions and thereby restore a measure of equilibrium to our listing inner selves. I found that fascinating. You know, I, I, it's interesting how things can help to put the pieces of the puzzle that are missing in our lives together. You know, again, I, I got to go back to music again. You know, have you ever been sad and then you put on a piece of music that's sad and now you feel like you're not going through it alone? Or maybe you're sad and you put on a piece of music and it's happy and it helps. Rebalancing is definitely a good call by this article of one of the seven different psychological functions of art. Here's another one self-understanding. Listen to what it says here. It says, despite our efforts at self-awareness, we're all too often partial or complete mysteries to ourselves. Art can help to shed light on those least explored nooks of our psyche and make palpable the hunches of intuition we can only sense but not articulate. Man, that's good. That is so well put. I wish I would have written that. But it's true. Has something moved you, but you don't know why? Yet sometimes we can click with something. And we know exactly why. We watch something and it reminds us of something. And so we make a connection and, and so it works. But sometimes there's something that may be lyrical or maybe a statue 
whatever the art is, it's totally non-relatable to us. Completely something that we've never partaken in or ever probably will. But for some reason, it still connects. Again, maybe there's a part of our psyche that longs for certain things or that really wishes we were more adventurous or more outgoing or whatever the case may be. And we see that in a film. We hear that in a piece of music or in a song. It could even be a pop song. But we start to understand a little bit more about ourselves when we really pay attention to art. It's, it, it gives us a mirror to look at. Here's the sixth one. Growth. It says, besides, besides inviting deeper knowledge of our own selves, art also allows us to expand the boundaries of who we are by helping us overcome our chronic fear of the unfamiliar and living more richly by inviting the unknown. I'm, I'm going to keep reading. It says, engagement with art is useful because it presents us with powerful examples of the kind of alien material that provokes defensive boredom and fear and allows us time and privacy to learn to deal more strategically with it. An important step in overcoming defensiveness around art is to become more open about the strangeness that we feel in certain contexts. If you're my age, and I'm going to be 50 in December, or if you're close to my age, if you remember when MTV actually played music videos, isn't it true that at a certain point, we'll use that same network, isn't it true that the way they used to cut things and present things on a channel like MTV or in the music videos of MTV were really fast-paced, lots of cuts. They went from this to this to this to this, and we took it all in. What art sometimes does is just the opposite, and it can do that too, but it forces us to just take a minute and slow down. And during those time periods, when we slow down, we grow, we grow. And a lot of times what I find is that that breaks down the defensiveness of being more open to different things. Now, I'm not talking about things like if, if, if you think something, for example, is wrong, well, you don't necessarily have to be open to, to make it right. What I'm talking about is, you know, I have friends, for example, in my life that I've had at certain times that... I tell them I like, I like sushi, and they're like, oh, I could never eat that. That's raw fish. But they've never tried it, you know? And, and, and more power to them. Usually these are kind of more meat and potatoes type individuals, and God bless them. But, but a lot of times, if we take the time to, to just try something, whether it's appreciating a work of art that we don't immediately understand or a food, which is again, art that we don't immediately gravitate towards. See, all these things help us to grow. Even if we find out we don't like them, at least we now know. 
Here's the last one on the list. Appreciation. Our attention, as we know, is, and I'm going to use their quote, an intentional, unapologetic discriminator that blinds us to so much of what is around us and to the magic in our familiar surroundings. It mentions that one of our major flaws and causes of unhappiness is that we find it hard to take note of what is always around us. We suffer because we lose sight of the value of what is before us and yearn, often unfairly, for the imagined attraction elsewhere. It goes on. While habit can be a remarkable life-centering force, it is also a double-edged sword that can slice off a whole range of experiences as we fall into autopilot mode. Art can decondition our habituation to what is wonderful and worthy of rejoicing. Again, I, I am in love with this article. I, I think it's, it's, it's very well written. It makes a whole lot of sense. But that is true. It's absolutely true. You know, we can walk into a supermarket and just grab what we need to grab and leave. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But have you ever seen, for example, a display of oranges? Just these vividly big, beautiful oranges all together. And the color of these things and the shape of these things and the taste eventually of these things. This is right in front of us. It's right there. But it's easy to just kind of walk past that because we didn't come in for that. We got what we got and we left. We can look at a patch of grass in a strip mall that has a tree in it and just take a minute to appreciate the fact that it's there. Yeah, it's not the most ideal surroundings, but it's there. I'm going to close this with a line that is in this article because, I, I, again, I really, really don't feel I can top it. It says, art is one resource that can lead us back to a more accurate assessment of what is valuable by working against habit and inviting us to recalibrate what we admire or love. We once again have arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that will be based on the seven points we covered today. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, the seven psychological functions of art playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash the seven, which will be the number seven, psychological functions of art. So let's get into our 10 tracks. Track number one, beautiful, beautiful one, the dramatics with what you see is what you get. Music just was so cool in different generations. I, I, I'm not, I know that it's an old guy thing to say music was better before, but seriously, wasn't it? I, anyway, number two, only a memory 
by a band called the Smithereens. I actually interviewed their guitarist, Jim Babjack, years ago. He was a really cool guy. Number three is the Leuven Brothers with Hoping That You're Hoping. Number four from his pinups record, it's David Bowie with the song Sorrow. Number five is Angele with the song Balance Tonquois. Number six, Jerry Butler and Brenda Lee Eager with the track Ain't Understanding Mellow. Number seven is The Strokes with Selfless. Number eight from the Eric Clapton band that he had led, Derek and the Dominoes. The song is called Growing. Number nine, we're going to go with Feel Flows by the Beach Boys. And we'll wrap it up with another gratitude song. We're going to go with Led Zeppelin from their second record. And the song is Thank You. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash the seven psychological functions of art. Everyone, this show simply would not exist without you. And, you know, each week, generally, we have new listeners that we can report or in this place or that place, this state of the United States, this city of the United States, this country, different places all around the world. But what I wanted to do today is thank you, just give the biggest thank you to our longtime listeners. We have individuals that listen to this show all the time and they make it a part of their lives. They make it a part of their entertainment that they regularly listen to. You're the bread and butter of this program, and thank you so much for being here. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. If you have social media and it's something that you might want to put on your social media, that's great if you're comfortable. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. You can also check out our website for everything Refresher at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com for Refresher gear, as well as my books, links to where you can get those, and links to friends of our show, like our friends at Leaf, Leafy, L-E-A-F-V-E, Leafy, located in Southern California, but servicing the world. We also have DesignCraft, and DesignCraft is located in New York, but again, services everywhere. And of course, our friends at the Managing Expectations podcast, which you can catch on Spotify and most other platforms. So check us out, that's refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by my good friend, Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I strongly suggest that you don't clown and you just get down. Everyone, please take care of yourselves and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a huge difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.